So I saw Good Deed Spirits on Instagram and I was just like, oh, what is this bottle? Like, why are all of these people collaborating? You like never hear about collaborations with that many people involved. And I was just like, oh, what is it benefiting? And because I'm a curious person, I just started clicking, oh, what's the Step Up Foundation? And then I ended up on their website and read about the internship. And I was just like, wow, this is like for someone exactly like me. From the American Craft Spirits Association and Craft Spirits Magazine, this is the Craft Spirits Podcast. I'm John Page, and today on the program, we're stepping up. We're going to focus on the Step Up Foundation, a nonprofit spirits training and entrepreneurship program for underrepresented professionals in the spirits industry. Our guests include Aaron Lee and Yangtoro Yaki Udomo, the program's inaugural interns, and Margie Lehrman, the CEO of the American Craft Spirits Association and the president of Step Up. You can learn more about it at stepupinternship.org. And the application period for the next round will open in early summer. Aaron and Yaki are already into their first round of placements, with Aaron at Westward Whiskey and Yaki at Eight Oaks Farm Distillery. Later in the program, we'll hear from them both but we'll start with a conversation with Margie, recorded last December at ACSA's Distillers Convention and Vendor Trade Show in Louisville, Kentucky, just before Aaron and Yaki were officially introduced as the Step Up interns. The groundwork for Step Up was years in the making. It was built into ACSA's strategic plan when past president Chris Montana reminded ACSA's board of directors that it was odd that he was the only person of color at his first convention. The murder of George Floyd in May of 2020 added an urgency to act, and Step Up's 501c3 papers were filed in August of that year. I asked Margie to detail some of the hurdles in getting Step Up off the ground. Sure, well, first was program design. What is going to be meaningful? What is going to be um, able to do in longevity, meaning that it wasn't gonna be a one-off? and say, okay, we got this, we're done. But a program that we could put into place and also fund in order to have something that was going to be consistent throughout the the years until we get this right and have diversity not talked about in terms of needing to do something, but instead having done something. Where when we come into a room, the room looks like America. The room looks like actually our consumer base, that it's much more reflective of who we are at our core. Uh, hurdles. Funding. You set up a 501c3, there is that thing called <laughs> donors. Uh, program itself, what that looked like, do we include uh, just interns, and if so, what do you do with them? Uh, we looked at distilleries and kind of what we would need from a distillery. And then we also thought a program like this really can't exist and succeed unless you have a mentor as well. So we had a wonderful selection committee made of, uh, and it was formerly an advisory council, made up of members of ACSA and also Samson and Surrey, where we threw around ideas of what this program could be. And from that, uh, the program was really taking root, where we brought it back to uh, a step-up board, which was actually constituted then in late 2020. And for the past, really, 18 months since uh, discussing it at the strategic plan level uh, through right now, we have been working vigorously 
to not only select interns and DSPs and mentors, but put the instructional design behind that concept as well. Yeah, and if you could talk a little bit about just the the process of, of figuring out like how you're actually going to evaluate this process and, and put it together and what it looks like. Sure, and, and I'm going to combine that with actually how the selections even took place. Yeah, please. Okay, so um, we decided to build a website, stepupinternship.org, and have the entire application process online. So that was for... The interns, and when we, when I say the interns, we are looking for candidates who have a passion for our industry but may not know anything about it or alternatively may know that they really want to be in it and involved in more than maybe the capacity they're doing right now. So what the selection committee then was looking for in terms of interns, we actually had them um, draft a personal statement of why they wanted to enter the industry. And having read all the intern applications, I would tell you that I was really blown away by the thoughts that went into this process for those who applied. And in some respect, I wish we could have uh, hired all, all of them at once, but we, we know that this is the pilot year. We want to get it right, so we purposely only selected two interns this year for the program, three distilleries, and they had the same kind of application process and then also uh, the two mentors that will be assigned to the two individuals who made the program. And I mentioned the advisory board that previously had helped us design the program. They then became the selection committee, having read and vetted all the applications, sending to the board of directors the five best in each category. The board of directors at that point then reviewed them and uh, took board votes. And so it's two interns this year, uh, and you're, you're going to announce those, I believe, tomorrow morning? We are. We're announcing the interns and the DSPs as well as the mentors. They're, they're with us here. They're floating around, so um, they're kind of incognito. You don't know who they are. Uh, but, yes, that will be announced tomorrow. And also the step-up board of directors is here, and I will tell you that that board itself is comprised of people outside of our industry. Um, actually, Chris Underwood is uh, with Young's Holding, now R&DC, and actually serves as president of WSWA. Uh, David Sid, former Bacardi ambassador, um, so comes from big brand, the rum world. Uh, we have Julie Kinch, who was, uh, currently has her own consulting company, actually helping women rise in professional careers, but she's formerly general counsel of Heineken. So we have outside people who have not been brought in previously to the CSA family, but are really getting to know who we are. Because the other four members of that board, a seven-person body, actually come directly from the ACSA community. I happen to serve as its president right now. Becky Harris, who is the president of ACSA, is also involved. Of course, Chris Montana, who gave us the nugget that we could then plant and grow that seed. Um, he also serves on the board. And then Ingrid Wetzel who, Wetzel, who is actually the HR director at Bentley Heritage. So everybody comes to it with their own sort of skill set, helping to make the program, uh, not only drafting it, but evolve. Yeah, and so are, are, have you all met all together? Are you Yesterday was the okay. first time that we met. And in fact, um, we all laughed because on Zoom calls, I think we all look six feet. Some of us are not, and some of us actually far exceed six feet. So it was kind of interesting. 
to be in the same room and, and physically be able to welcome each other and greet each other and say, yeah, I recognize the voice. That's really you. Yeah. It, it was actually wonderful because all of us are passionate about this program working and working well. We know we may have a hiccup, but again, the beauty of a, a, a two interns going through who part of their commitment on this year-long program is to give us the kind of feedback. So uh, there is one segment I didn't mention. I mentioned distilleries. We also are working with a distributor. So the interns with a living stipend will be uh, matriculating through three different distilleries in a segment at the wholesaler. And with that, they will be at any one of those um, venues for 8 to 12-week period matriculating through the curriculum. And, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what what an intern can expect, like, from, you know, the whole year process. Sure. So the program actually is starting on January 4th. Okay. Where the intern will be traveling to, um, the distilleries are up first, Uh, two different distilleries, two different locations. When the selection committee looked at this, as well as the board of directors, We wanted to make sure that their experience was really broad and super comprehensive. So the distilleries themselves have a very different ethos, uh, different parts of the country, different size, different products. um, And they will be then experiencing also one of the larger brands. And and, uh, it's pretty incredible. I didn't mention, and I should, that also uh, the way we were able to fund this program was actually through a cornerstone partner. And our very first one is Diageo who actually has donated $1.2 million for this effort over the the next three years. So there also is a member of the um, board of directors in the form of an advisory board member, um, Nicole Austin, who actually serves, um, as you know, she's head distiller, Cascade Howell, Dickel. So we're we're thrilled to have Nicole back in our fold because actually Nicole began her career certainly as a craft distiller. Right, and, and fighting for FET relief. Absolutely. She was a powerhouse behind that, um, put in lots and lots of work, as she can attest by actually her uh, tattoo for FET. Right, right, <laughs> right. So in terms of what an intern is actually going to do when he, she, they shows up at a distillery, is it is is it based on what the distillery wants? Is it based on what the intern wants or really good question and that's why we worked with an instructional designer we have manuals for the interns we have manuals for the distilleries and we have manuals for the mentors they're not meant to be textbooks and in fact many of the different pages have more questions than answers because the experience is supposed to be organic to the distillery that they are participating at what that means is that while we have uh, say an operations focus a sales focus, a marketing focus, uh, uh, actually back-end, all the HR for working, the business, the finances, um, tasting rooms, right? So front of the house and back of the house. It's going to be different at each distillery they go to, but there will at least be that common thread where if the distillery has it, take them at least, weave them through how you all do it. We were speaking yesterday. Um, if you're not making gin, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to have a bunch of botanicals lying around, right? So that's the kind of thing we want to make sure that the, the had a full breadth of an experience. 
So I, I wasn't actually aware of that until now. So it's it's really intriguing to think about what that intern is going to experience at three different places and really getting a really, I hate to say to use, div- but they're going to get a diverse taste of the, the industry that Completely. way. Completely. Yeah. And that's why we, we did take great pains to make sure that the the distilleries that were selected this year uh, had not only the capacity to do what we need them to do, but the passion, because it's going to be work on both sides. The interns are not going to be grunt employees. They're not employees. They do receive a stipend through the generous funding from other donors as well. Uh, and they also have their transportation and lodging paid for. So it, it's we didn't want it to be an impediment to an intern to participate. Right. Similarly, we didn't want there to be an impediment for the distilleries. So there is no charge back to the distilleries to have this individual with them for 12 weeks. Gotcha. Um, so what what can you tell us, uh, without naming names and introducing them, just ab- about the interns that have been selected for this year? <laughs> I can tell you that I, I read the personal statements and I saw so reviewed backgrounds, and I thought, wow, are we super fortunate. They are about as diverse as can be, hmm. with backgrounds as about diverse as can be. Um, I, I will tell you that what is a commonality is their passion for trying to enter this industry and making a difference. Um. And we, j- we just had John McKee and Johnny Jeffrey joining us a, a few minutes ago to talk about the Good Deeds Malt Whiskey, that Good Deeds Spirits uh, is donating, an, donating 100% of their proceeds uh, to Step Up. Wh- when was the first time that you got wind of that, and what, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, many, many, many months ago when we started talking about how we fund this program, we thought, well, we could reach out to our membership and ask for monetary donations, but that's only going to get us this far. So what we want to see is if we could be somewhat creative in terms of other ways that we can fund it. Johnny actually happens to serve on the initial selection committee, which was then the advisory council, and that was one of the ideas that was batted around. But remember, um, lots of folks have ideas that never come to fruition, in this case, he took the ball and ran with it. Um, it. It is going to be a significant donation, and that's the cool thing about Step Up. While we may have the Cornerstone partner coming in with major funding, there's lots and lots of room to do other things that are creative in terms of ability to, even if it's considered a minor donation, it will help the end goal of putting these interns through the program. What, what do you hope, uh, if we were sitting around... A year from now, or, or five years from now, or ten years from now, that um, this internship program will bring about? Well, first off, um, I was thrilled at the number of applications that we received because we really hadn't promoted it beyond our website at that point and some communications that we may have put out. So next year, my goal would be to increase the number of applications that we receive in all categories. A separate point on that, we received more applications for the mentors, people in the industry who wanted to help and reach out and bring people up uh, than we did actually from the distillers or the interns, which is really cool to know that we have that many people. 
Uh, I'd like to see us funded beyond Cornerstone with a very significant uh, donation program in place at that point. And I would like the interns who uh, this 2022 would have matriculated to be actually letting the world know that this program is so incredibly meaningful. And at the end of next year, what I'd also like to see is these interns actually employed in our industry. Or, or opening their own distilleries. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, who knows? I, I think the opportunities are limit, limitless. You just need to show people where opportunities lie. Right. Uh, is there anyone else that you I, – I feel like you did a good job of, of giving shout-outs to really a lot of people that were integral to the entire thing. Is there anybody that we left out? You know, there's there's a lot of people, um, even on the selection committee. Others, P Paul Lightcoaster from Few Spirits, um, Jake Holshu, uh, Brian Schaefer from Samson and Surrey. So there was a handful of people who really did step up um, right up front. Todd Leopold for Leopold Brothers said, "What can I do to help?" Um, he's already donated uh, Smooth Ambler. So there's people who have come to us to say, we want to help. There's a, a lots and lots of other distilleries who have said, I understand I didn't get selected. However, we'd still like to be a part of this process. What do you need from us? That's awesome. Uh, well, unless there's anything else you can think of, I think we've covered just about everything I hope to. Yeah, and the other thing, John, it's not going to happen next year, but at some point, won't it be wonderful where uh, maybe we put this program to bed because we've made that much of a difference and it's not needed? I mean, that would be the end goal of this, right? That, that's my, yeah, my 10 years from now question, yeah. Yeah, will it be 10 years? I don't know. But my goal would be at that point to make sure that uh, we have an endowment that is sufficient that we can carry this program on until that, that true difference is made. The day after that conversation, Aaron and Yaki were introduced as the interns. Step Up also announced its participating distilleries as Cascade Hollow Distilling Company of Tullahoma, Tennessee, Eight Oaks Farm Distillery of New Tripoli, Pennsylvania, and Westward Whiskey of Portland, Oregon. And its mentors are Chris Underwood and Sailor Guevara. Chris is the CEO of Young's Market Company, which is a subsidiary of Young's Holdings, and chairman of the board of the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. As for Sailor, in addition to writing, creating content, and podcasting, she's also the acting founder and CEO of Guevara Spirits, based out of Stewart, Florida. And the participating distributor is Republic National Distributing Company. Step Up also extends its thanks again to Cornerstone partner Diageo and to Beam Suntory for its generous contributions. Okay, fast forward a few months, and I spoke with Erin as she was a few weeks into her placement at Westward Whiskey. She's a Canadian transplant to Brooklyn and a certified tea sommelier who will transition into the distilling industry from a career in fashion. We started our conversation with her journey to and away from fashion. I think I've always liked making things. So I um, was a crafter as a child. I got into um, the fashion industry uh, thinking like, I don't know, I'm gonna make people feel confident and feel um, great about themselves and also feel powerful. Um, but then um, I, 
as I became like an assistant designer, I um, was just helping put together like seasonal color palettes, doing trend research, doing market research. Um, I ended up spending a lot of my time just communicating like cross-functionally between teams, um, attending fittings with models and taking notes and then just making sure like everyone knew where each design was in this every step, step of the process. And then um, just making sure that my overseas vendors that I was working with were on time with everything. Um, and then when it came to like sourcing different components, it was just a lot of relationship building and working with people to try and make sure everything looked right. Yeah, and then I guess five years ago, uh, I moved into design direction. And during that time, I was um, just working with a company that licensed around the world and helping define their vision of what a classic American brand was supposed to look like. Um, a lot of, it was interesting because I would come up with ideas for every season, but none of the licensees necessarily had to follow the direction. It was a suggestion of what they could do to make things look American instead of like what, I guess, someone in a country like Russia or I don't know, China would perceive as American. Interesting. So, that's Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then during that time, I got a bit burnt out of the industry. Um, I was in a situation where I feel like favoritism is a thing within fashion, as is sexism and who you know makes a difference. And then um, someone who was much my junior ended up micromanaging me to a point where I had to write down like what I was doing like every minute of the day. So I just ended up getting kind of burnt out and looking for a way to slow down and take care of myself. So I became a freelance designer so I could control my schedule. And I mean, I never disliked um, working hard and doing it. Um, but I think it was just hard on me to feel like I was making a positive contri contribution. And then fashion cycles began moving faster and faster. And it just became kind of unsustainable feeling, not just for me, but for the environment. And I think like people don't need to treat clothes like they're disposable. And that made me really sad. And, and so, so along the line, uh, you know, that you're doing that, you also, uh, you know, now you're a, a certified T sommelier, you're also a, a step up intern. And it sounds like you had two, two trips that were uh, somewhat integral into you, your roads into tea, into whiskey. So if you could talk about your, I guess, your path here. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I guess it started with whiskey. Um, so growing up, I didn't really know much about whiskey. My grandfather drank it, wasn't allowed near it. Um, and then when I became of legal age, uh, I didn't actually know what whiskey tasted like. I um, saw it, like drank it as a whiskey uh, sour and I love that cocktail, but I never thought, oh, I should try whiskey. Like 
and I didn't actually even know that people made it. <laughs> so when I went to Ireland in 2017, um, it was like February and it was cold. But I, have, I, was, I have to stop you for just a second. So who did you yeah. think made it? I don't know. It just <laughs> appeared on the shelf in a bottle and <laughs> it was like magic. It yeah. existed, but I didn't think people made it. Gotcha. Okay. Just, just like I never think about who made ketchup. Yeah. Somebody has to make it though. Yeah. yeah. All so right. Then, so, uh, yeah. So, so, so back to that trip. Yeah. Um, I was staying at an Airbnb or I was going to stay at one and then they canceled at me last minute. So I found a new one and outside the window, I could see the Teeling distillery. I didn't know what it was, but since it was right, right there, I was like, I should visit it. So I went on like, I think it was like a at, there at like 9 30 in the morning or something like there was no one around but so I was me and my husband ended up going on a private tour of the Teeling distillery um it was there that uh they not only showed me that people do make whiskey um but I um got to taste it and it was the first time someone took the time to show me how to drink whiskey neat um they taught me that if I added like a drop of water or two it would like really open it up and that kind of changed how I saw whiskey and I was just like oh this is like such a fascinating spirit um and then I liked it a lot but it wasn't like oh I'm gonna like pursue this yet then I went to Asia in uh, September of 2018 and during that trip I visited some tea houses and then they taught me to prepare tea uh, gongfu style. I went to a tea plantation in Korea and then tea shops in Japan and I filled my suitcase with a bunch of tea. Uh, it just was like such a nice process of slowing down for me. So I think it was just a form of self-care. I found the process of making tea very meditative. So I um, just was doing it for personal interest. And then I uh, found out about a tea sommelier program, but I didn't really know what I would even do with that if I did it. But I was just like, okay, I, it's been hard finding like a new passion. So I'm just going to follow the thread of my interest. And I really like flavor. So I um, did the program and uh, just completed it over the course of two years. I finished it in 2021 yay Congrats. and then yeah and then during that time I guess or maybe a little before that I started noticing some in-person whiskey events because I was in New York so I was like oh I'll just casually stop by these and find out a little bit more about whiskey um in that same year I looked at the whiskey advocate uh top 20 list for different whiskeys and I was like that was actually the first time I heard about a woman who made whiskey uh, Nicole Austin yeah and that was kind of interesting for me because I was like oh wow not only do people make whiskey women can make whiskey too yeah so then in 2020 I started joining various uh whiskey groups like I found women who whiskey and was like okay I'm gonna hear more about whiskey and it seemed like a less intimidating kind of place to learn about whiskey because it was with women. I joined some online tastings through the Bowery Collective. And I noticed like 
I guess it was a hard year, but like, I think that doing virtual events actually made it a lot easier for me as a woman who is interested in whiskey, because I was just like, okay, I'm safe in my home and I don't have to worry about people judging me for not knowing as much about um, whiskey. And in early 2021, like January, I was like, oh, I want to know more, more about whiskey. Like, I don't think these groups are getting deep enough into it. So I joined a Drammers Club and they're a super nerdy group of whiskey fans. And also like a lot of industry folks are a part of the group. And it, um, they had these marathon whiskey tastings that would last three to four hours. And just hearing about how people make whiskey and then they had a whiskey book club. So I started reading about how people made whiskey. I just found it really fascinating. So as I read all these books and started listening to podcasts and whatnot, I just got deeper and deeper into it thinking, oh, like everyone who works in this industry like absolutely loves it. Like, what can I do to be a part of it? And like, I mean, not having any experience, I was just like, oh, how do I even get my foot in the door? Do I have to like, work in a gift shop? Do I have to lead tours? But I'm not like a really outgoing person. Like, and then I had heard that like other people got their foot in the door by like working in a bar, but I was just like, I don't know like if I should do that or what I could do to get into it. And then um, via Instagram, I like heard about the internship. Um, my friend, Tim, uh, Whiskey Wednesdays, he had a post about the good deeds, um, good spirits. I don't know if it's good deeds, good spirits or good deeds. Spirits. Good, good, de good deeds spirits, I believe, who, who yeah. uh, in, ended up making the good deeds malt whiskey with 100% of the proceeds going to the, the Step Up uh, Foundation. Yeah. yeah. So I saw good deeds spirits on Instagram and I was just like, oh, what is this bottle? Like, why are all of these people collaborating? you like never hear about collaborations with that many people involved. And I was just like, oh, what is it benefiting? And because I'm a curious person, I just started clicking, oh, what's the Step Up Foundation? And then I ended up on their website and read about the internship. And I was just like, wow, this is like for someone exactly like me, like, oh my gosh. Like, and then I saw the deadline had technically passed and I was just like, oh man, I'll, I'll apply next year. And I started digging <laughs> deeper into the website and I saw that they had extended the deadline by one week. So I had, I think, four days to get my application together and apply. And I really just thought, oh, this is like a needle in a haystack. But, you know, at least I, I tried. And then next thing I know, I got a phone call that I got the internship. And my heart was like just pounding so hard because I was so excited. And I just can't believe this opportunity that I have to learn. Yeah, I, well, and it's 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 great because it's just a matter of years that you went from like realizing, hey, this is a thing that people actually make to like now you're in a position where you're getting to make it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so your your first stop is Westward Whiskey. Uh, how, how many weeks have you been there at this point? So. I'm in my fifth week so far, and I'm going to be here for 12 weeks total. Um, so let's see. I started off 
on the bottling line because they wanted me to feel like I got my hands into it uh, immediately. And then also they wanted to be like, oh, things get more fun than this. Like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm making the bottles look really pretty. So that was kind of exciting for me to see too. Uh, and then I was uh, in production with brewing. I got to visit the barrel house and learn a bit about blending with Miles Monroe. Um, which was super fun because that's where my passion and interest lies as of right now. But obviously I'm gonna learn so much about all the different roles and maybe I'm gonna find something else that I'm gonna be like, this is awesome too. So I um, also helped on the distilling side a bit and then with the marketing team for a couple of weeks, uh, I spent a day with Christian, the founder, but I think I'm gonna get more time with him later on. In this and now I'm with the direct to consumer team learning about um, fulfillment and then I think I'm going to be at front of house today. So I'll be great to learn how to interact with the consumer. Yeah, well, and that's that's great that you're kind of taking that approach of you know I might find something else that I'm really excited about. Um, I, I'm curious to know you know what your how how did your uh, how have your expectations, have your expectations of, of what you expected all of this to be been met, um, you know, now that you're actually starting to, to, to live this process? I feel like it's beyond what I imagined. Like, it feels like someone lifted up this, like, invisible black curtain and I get to see everything that happens behind the scenes. So I think I'm just amazed by how much people are willing to take the time to teach me and I was like oh I hope my brain can retain all of this because it's amazing. That's our conversation with Erin. If you'd like to learn more about her journey to spirits check out her fantastic column in the latest issue of Craft Spirits magazine which you can find at craftspiritsmag.com. So also in February I caught up with Yaki over Zoom. A Maryland native and Howard University alum, he entered the Step Up program with experience as a bartender at the revered Columbia Room in Washington, D.C. But his path there was not easy. My road to bartending started with me uh, being a college dropout, in fact. (laughs) I was over at uh, Howard University starting up uh, my first business, which was uh, photography. Uh, was shooting tons of stuff from sports on campus and stuff, but was not making any money. And I was devoting more and more time to making money and less and less time on my studies for something that I wasn't really passionate about, radiation therapy. So I went from there to looking for sources to make income and doing something that I'm actually interested in. Uh, I started bartending, as it were, by making drinks for my friends, by infusing vodkas and things like that. It was a fun thing to do on the side, but I wasn't making any money from it. I was just trying to impress my friends. With that, I people were complimenting saying, hey, you're really good at this. You should try to make money off of this. Why don't you try to go and look around some of the restaurants in the area? And I really wanted to ask my friends like, are you sure you can you actually really do this? Can you really make money off of this? Because my parents were completely straight edge, completely against alcohol. So. They said yes, and I finally bit the bullet, and I went to go and do more research on alcohol. So I did some independent study on just how alcohol is made and things like that. I said, okay, maybe I can be a distiller or something like this. 
how am I going to incorporate this so I can appease my parents and still do respectable things, still make money. Things are going downhill fast, and I was getting more and more depressed. And I took my last few dollars and went to bartending school up in College Park, Maryland. And with that, I ironically <laughs> passed the class quite easily. They It wasn't very good. It's more the level of the bartending school that they really taught you was like the movie Cocktail of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Really, uh, really basic highballs and things like that. But hey, at least I got that little piece of paper that says that you could actually go and do something for these restaurants. Wait, did they also teach like all those crazy like, you know, flips and throws of the bottles and things like that? One of my teachers actually taught flair. So okay. if I was willing to go and actually spend some time with him, I could do flair. But of course, I had no money. So gotcha. Okay. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> but hey, maybe I could become uh, the biggest entertainer in the world. Yeah, yeah. So so you you do that. You you pass. uh yeah and then what did you know how did how did what was your first job so i went out uh, into the main streets of u street which is right by howard university my uh old university and proceeded to get rejected by 40 places wow. <laughs> turns out that uh the bartending school is not the best way to go for the uh places that i was applying for i was going for craft places places i thought were cool and would actually be I'd be proud of actually working at and something I thought my parents would actually be proud of me working at. And uh, it turns out uh, they do not like bartending school to stay the least. So FYI, if you ever want to get a job at a craft place, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> They'd much prefer you to go through the server route at like a high-end restaurant and then discover a passion for alcohol that way. I was on my last leg <laughs> and I was sitting at a bar venting to one of the people who uh, was just behind the bar, uh, a Latino fellow, and he had his friend come up and actually uh, gave him an application for a job off of the blue. And I'm like, hey, are you hiring? Is there any chance that I could get an application? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he gives me an application, probably was going to throw it away, but I just started talking to him about actually Geneva, which is a Dutch-style gin made with a high amount of barley malt and barley wine is what they like to call it. So it's rich and heavy on the paddle like a scotch. And that really impressed him. So I actually, he said, all right, come here tomorrow. Let's see how you're doing. So me and uh, his friend, he actually called for the job, came in the next day over in Capno Savannah in College Park. And his friend left the very next day saying the job was too much work. Well, I was having the time of my life just juicing oranges and lemons because I'm like, I'm finally getting somewhere. And I was grateful. Uh, from there, Capnos had a little bit of a scandal with uh, its owner in terms of a sexual assault thing, so I moved to another place. And it was just moving from people and places and trying to network to like it finally landed a place that I would find to be respectable, which was the Columbia Room, uh, an award-winning cocktail bar in D.C. That's really my bartender skill, just trying to learn from the best and trying to do what I can to increase my knowledge and be as much of a sponge as I can be. I'm I'm curious just because also I'm uh, the son of folks who don't drink. Um, have you have your parents ever like come to one of the places that you like? Have you ever bartended for them, or is that never going to happen? <laughs> never, never. They don't. They they have never stepped in a place where I've actually bartended at. But but they're they're cool with it, and that's all that matters. Really. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm a renegade, what can I say? But it's always this dichotomy, uh, antithesis, thesis. So you always want to do your own thing, but you always want to replace for uh, actually go and impress where your roots are from. So yeah. 
it's a it's a strange tension that goes in my family to say the least gotcha gotcha um so tell me how you found out about the step up uh foundation and you know why you why you were excited about it certainly so i'll take it back to my connections with uh, the owner of the columbia room derek brown uh derek brown is friends with becky uh who is the uh one of the officials that runs uh, the step up foundation and i'm internally grateful for that contact because like i mentioned earlier i really want to get into distilling as a way to actually do the manufacturing side and actually make my own spirit specifically bourbon since i have a sweet tooth and bourbon i find to be delicious uh with that connection i was always trying to go and actually do my own thing and try to do it that way but i could never find a way to get into my door i did an internship over at conan and reed great folks love them dearly they didn't have a they didn't have a space for me so it's just kept on going on the bartending things like maybe i'll find some rich benefactor or maybe i'll build up my own capital go and find my own way luckily uh with the transition of the columbia room to go into more of a non-alcoholic style they told the bartenders like hey if you want to go for a place tell me what your future goals are maybe we'll be able to work something out and derek brown linked me up with becky and scott over at catoctin creek and I made my pitch and they're like, hey, you should check out the Step Up Foundation. It seems like it was something that you would actually really be about. So I threw in my application. It was more of a business plan of an essay than uh, actual just essay talking about diversity, but they really are impressed by it. And honestly, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that Step Up is given to me right now. So how much of that business plan can, can you share or, uh, or at least just kind of like, you know, what what are what is it that you're really hoping to get out of this experience yeah certainly so because of the entrepreneurial aspect and uh right now i'm over in uh Nutripoli, uh pennsylvania with uh chad brothers over at eight oaks and he's really been focused on me on the actual business side of the aspect helping me create business plans understanding pnls along with doing a more scientific approach is they're trying to go through a growth scheme to see how it is from the bottom up as this would be a more of a startup when it comes to a distillery which I'm eternally grateful for. My goal for my distillery is to actually come up and have a distillery that is focusing more on a biodiversity uh, implementation of grains from more of an Afro and African centric aspect. So instead of just using regular old corn, barley and rye, why can't we use more things like millet or sorghum, which are being used over in Africa right now and other varieties of grain. That's what I'd love to see implemented and see a more sustainable and more uh, biodiversity actually coming into the actual area that we're in. We have a lot of monocrop culture that goes on and I want to see that change. You're, I guess, a month into this in terms of actually being there. How How is the reality of your experience so far matching up to what your expectations of it were going into it? I'd say it's truly be an honor. Like the Step Up Foundation program is really what you make it. It's less rigid than I thought it was going to be. So we have the entrepreneur aspect that they opened up for me over at Eight Oaks. And now they're allowing me more free for all in terms of actually experimentation. So they're coming up and allowing me to experiment under the mask that I'm trying to create for my own distillery. They're saying, all right, we can help you with that if our little chemistry set that we have over here. They're allowing me to develop their um, no, uh, excuse me, 
they're allowing me to develop their actual quality assurance program and uh, nosing programs to actually help achieve a more consistent product on their end. This program is really what you make it, and that's something I really do appreciate. Yeah, and I guess uh, if you were giving advice to somebody who is is listening to this, who who might be thinking about applying next year, what at this point, what would your advice be? Be ready for change and don't be rigid in your ways. That would be my number one advice. You have to be able to adapt to succeed in this society. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that we didn't talk about um, that, that you think would be good for people to know right now? Like, you know, you kind of talked a little bit about the stuff that you're doing. Is there an average, like what's the average day look like? Um, or is it just that it's so, uh, you know, so freeform that um, there isn't really an average day? So constantly changing right now, I mean, the largest block of consistency, which is going to be production, but that changes constantly too. So right now, one of the things that I find most interesting, you have one week where you're doing your base uh, grain whiskey, and then the next week they alternate to rum and they actually have their agave spirit kick be called tequila because it's not Mexico yep. and I was actually helping assisting with that program doing troubleshooting because they had a problem with one of their yields uh, this last pass going around so they've actually come and asked me me and just spitballing ideas and brainstorming how we can fix these issues so I've been reaching out to some of my contacts in the industry just to see if we can actually get things out and actually solve issues that's our program for today Thanks again to Aaron, Yaki, and Margie for joining us. Once again, you can learn more about Step Up at stepupinternship.org. And if you're interested in applying for an internship, stay tuned as the application period for the next round will open in early summer. And again, to read that essay from Aaron in the latest issue of Craft Spirits Magazine, head to craftspiritsmag.com. We'll be back in a few weeks. Until then, thanks for listening and cheers.